to, the, to each one of us. And dear God, we ask you to go forward with us out of this place and watch over them, protect them, help them to be what they should be in the home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you and be seated, please. I thought much on the message that I wanted to bring today or ask God to give me today. And as I was sitting just thinking about some things, I went back to a time on Scamley Farm when I was about, I couldn't have been more than five, six years old, I guess. I don't know. Uh, my wife says I cannot remember when I was two and three, but I swear I do. I remember when I crawled. But uh, anyhow, uh, maybe not. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. But uh, anyhow, I do remember one thing though that happened to me that is uh, it's, it's been in my life all of my life. It's helped me, and that is my mother. And we had company one day, and I came in the living room, and my I was doing something, and mother told uh, the other lady was there said, Ledoux's a smart little boy, and he's a good little boy. And uh, I don't know why she said it, but uh, that has lived with me all these years, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, uh, that my mother would think that, uh, that I was smart and I was a good little boy. I have people all the time, and I tell people, mothers all the time, don't ever tell your little baby, your child, that they're mean. And don't harp on it all. You mean little thing. You, I've seen so many mothers do that. And if you do that, they'll turn out mean. And you talk to them good and be a Christian mother, you ought to be to them. But I thought about this a great deal. Having a Christian home, what it means. If you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 19. <clears throat> Luke chapter 19. Now I know that this is talking about Zacchaeus, a man. But I want you to listen to it for just a minute. In Luke chapter 19, verse 1, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, before he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when he saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore it to him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you'll help us all in this place understand something. There is no home that's quiet and peaceful and loving without a mom and a daddy 
being born again, being saved by God's grace. And I ask you, dear Lord, to give us knowledge now to understand what you'd have us to do out of this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was thinking about these things, and I was thinking about the many times I've read this story and wondered what it would be like if Jesus, the Son of God, came to my house. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, me and my wife have always uh, had uh, a plaque, and I've been looking for it lately. Somebody's misplaced it for me, but uh, I never misplace anything. Somebody misplaced it for me. But we had a plaque for years in our home that said love is what makes a house a home. And it is. Today is Mother's Day, and that's what I believe we need most today in our homes. It's not just houses, uh, but it's also homes. And I also know this, without a godly mother in the home, there is no peace. There is no quietness. Now, the devil, the devil doesn't like you. I don't care who you are. If you're a dad, or if you're a wife, or if you're children, I want you to get this straight. The devil's out to destroy you. He does not like you. Now, he wants to destroy the very institution that is ordained of God. Did you know the home was instituted by God before the church was? That's very, that's very important that you understand that. That means something. That means then the most important thing to God on the face of this earth then is a home. It's a home. And God, and there's some things that I have studied that will destroy a home. Number one, the first thing that I believe that will destroy a home is the devil himself. But the second thing that I believe will destroy a home quicker than anything else is adultery. Adultery is an enemy of a home. Exodus 20 verse 14 says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now listen to me just a minute. In 1 Corinthians 7 27 says, Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. In other words, divorce has ruined many a home. I've thought about this many a time. I've dealt with so many young people and children that's just devastated because of a broke-up home. And a divorce is an enemy of a home. Uh, secondly, an unsaved daddy, an unsaved mom can be an enemy of a home. Luke chapter 19, verse 5 and 6, look at it. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Joy in the home of a saved mom and dad, because God dwells it. I've dealt with many a wife, a many a child, a many a boy, a many a girl, a many a husband that's went through heartache because of an unsaved mom or an unsaved dad. I never will forget uh, dealing with a, a, a woman that was unsaved and, and just cross. I mean, uh, up in, have you ever noticed up in West Florida the, the old oval pictures that they used to have, the old pictures? Remember them? You ever seen one of them smiling? Not yet. I don't want to look at it. They made them pictures back then. And I remember when we was little boys, we all get together now and y'all behave. We're going to take a picture. And don't you laugh and don't you smile. You behave yourself. Set up her straight. You got to step up. But my old aunt 
was mean as a snake. And I mean it. And she knew not the Lord as her Savior. And nobody around her ever had any peace. I stayed away from her. And all us children stayed away from her. Did you know it's the same way with a, with a mom that's not saved in the home? Yeah, children don't want to be around them. They want to get out and play and go beyond them. You know what I, I think makes a home is a Christian mother that loves her children. And by the way, you cannot know how to love your children until you meet love himself, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you meet him, then you know how to love your children and how to treat them. One cannot teach their children in wisdom without the Lord Jesus because God is wisdom. You can't teach them what is right and what is wrong without Christ. One cannot provide for their home as they ought to because God is a great provider. One cannot love their own because Jesus Christ is love. I've literally seen wives uh, would hide, uh, their children would hide from them uh, when they come home because they were either drunk or just out of the Lord and out of sorts. Man, I couldn't stand the thought of that for one instant, of my children not wanting to come home, wanting to be around uh, my wife. And it ought not to be so an unsaved person. What does it take to make a, a house a home? Number one, for the head of the house to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now listen to me. Dads must be saved to have a real home. Mothers must be saved to have a real home. A children must be saved to have a real home. It's sad to think that some homes would be divided at the rapture. You think about it for just a minute. Wouldn't it be a horrible thing if you was a mother and you was a dad and you had five children and just one of them was left when you were taken? I don't think I could stand that. The thought, I can't even stand the thought of it. Uh, first thing I wanted to do when I got saved is to make sure my wife was saved. And after my, my wife was saved, we wanted to make sure our children were saved. And as our children grew up, we made sure when they come to the age of accountability, we wanted to lead them to the Lord. We wanted to make sure they were saved. We wanted a Christian home. My son, we were trying to teach my son how to pray, at, you know, at the meals. And my son loved Indians, and I'm talking about American, and not one with a dot, one with a feather. Somebody told me that the other day. I like to broke aside. I didn't know he could tell the difference. But uh, my son, I was trying to teach him how to pray, and we was on vacation in Montana up in the mountains and, and around the campfire, and we said at the table, my wife had fixed the table. I said, can I ask a blessing, would you please? He said, I said, boy, I'll kill you. <laughs> but at least he was trying. Amen. And what I'm trying to tell you is uh, that I want my kids to know how to ask a blessing. I want to know how to, I want my children to understand how to how uh, the blessing of God on their home. And you're, it, that's the reason I emphasize all the time to young people: make sure that you choose a woman that's born again. She might be not be the prettiest one on the block, but brother, what'll make the difference is that. Uh, is she saved or not? Brother McCracken was talking one day, and I never will forget, somebody said to him something about being ugly or something. He said, yeah, 
ugly skin deep, but oh, what's the other thing? I forgot what it is. Stupidity is... I can't even remember how it goes now. All the way to the bone. And I never will forget him saying that. That's about the size of it too. When it comes to beauty, beauty is a wonderful thing. But you stay with her 60 years. You stay with him 60 years or so. And a lot of that beauty will go away. But Christ never goes away. Amen. Amen. And you know that's what makes a lovely person? A lovely person is not skin. It's what's in here. It's what's inside that makes a lovely person. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, the head of the house should be saved. The wife should be saved. The children should be saved. That makes a home. The husband must, and the wife must maintain a tender love for their uh, everyone in the home. Did you know that love is very important to be shown? Let me read you something. In Colossians chapter 3, I want to begin to read in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalm and hymn and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And he goes on and talks about wives submitting yourselves unto your husbands as it is fit. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter. Children, obey your parents and fathers, provoke not your children. And on and on and on. It talks about the family in that verse. Now, husbands and wives then are to show love for one another. Here's the answer to a happy home then. Husbands, love your wives. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also has loved the church and gave himself for it. You know what's important about that verse? Did you know how I can forgive my wife and how I can love my wife when she gets mad and pitches a fit? And you say, Brother Strong, did Mrs. Strong do that? Nah, she wouldn't do that. But you know what I've learned? If I can forgive anybody of anything because Christ forgave me. Amen. And by the way, it's the same way with my wife. She can forgive me because Christ forgave her. Amen? And you better learn that lesson up front if you want a peaceful home. You've got to learn to forgive and forget. The hardest thing for us human beings, we got a computer up here. And our computer don't want to forget. And we say, we'll forgive, yeah. In about five months, here it comes again. Amen. Same old stuff. Drag it up and here you're going to chew it over again. No, sir, brother. If you want a happy home, you forget it. Get rid of it. Get it out. If you want to get mad, happy yourself. Blur in your corn, pitch your pity fit. But then get over it and forget it and go on. You'll have a happy home. Colossians 3.19 Husband, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Love your wives. You know what's so important? Tell your wife every once in a while you love her. Tell that one you love, I love you. You know, ain't nothing better heard in the whole house than that. Amen? Number one, husband loves your wives. But wait a minute. Wives love your husbands. A nagging woman's tongue has broken many a home. Don't you listen to what the Bible said? Not just me saying it now, it's the Word of God. Proverbs 21, verse 9. It is better to dwell 
in a corner of the house top than with a brawling woman in a wide house. I heard a preacher preach, uh, Dr. Aiden Rogers preached one time, and I never will forget it. He said, wise, what you must learn is, and he's talking to save wise, you're not your husband's Holy Spirit. Right. You know what he's talking about? A man could do wrong in the house, and a saved woman could beat him over the head with the Word of God. But the Bible says you ought not to do this. The Lord says you ought not to do this. You ought to be a better husband. You ought to be a... The Bible says for you to do it. You're not your husband's Holy Spirit. You're your husband's wife. Always brought him with the Word of God. Listen to me. God tells us what a godly woman is like. Proverbs 31, verse 26. She opened her mouth with wisdom. And her tongue is a law of kindness. Kindness. I'd be so unhappy, and my wife would be too, if my grandkids and my kids didn't want to come home. I mean, and so many, so many homes, their kids want to leave home. They don't want to stay around. They want to leave home. I want my kids to be come back. You know why? We show kindness in our home. Listen, children must love also. I want you to watch this. Turn over with me Ephesians for just a minute and listen to what the Word of God says. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to begin to read in verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed in the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Did you know what this is talking about? This is to all Christians, children too. We need so much today to teach our children to forgive and forget. I see a lot of things on TV that I think I know what's wrong with the world today. You know what is taught in a lot of places and a lot of families today? You deserve. You deserve. No, you don't. You earn what you get. Amen? You don't deserve anything. You, you earn what you get. And, and listen to me just a minute now. Uh, learn to love people. Don't care a hate in your heart. If somebody does you wrong, if somebody says an unkind of thing, forgive and then forget it and get up and go on. Learn to love people, not get even. Uh, who said life in this world was fair anyhow? That's what I don't understand. And people think, you know, a lot of people lose their jobs because they think that their boss uh, can, they think their boss is going to tell them you do a, God, a good job every day. Ain't there one of my bosses ever told me that. I work because I want to put food on my table. Amen. And you ain't got to tell me I'm doing a good job uh, to want to stay on my job. Now, don't you listen to me just a minute. Did you know that children love to hear a good thing once in a while? But if you don't, that don't mean you've got to be hard-hearted and unkind. Forget it. Now, the world's not a fair uh, everything in this world is not to get even. By the way, you never get even. 
You never get even in this world. David Livingston, the African missionary and explorer, was quoted as saying this, The word sacrifice is not in my vocabulary. Anything a Christian can give to God already belongs to God. Amen? I like that. Uh, it is your reasonable service, Dad and Mom, to first give yourself to God. That's reasonable. Secondly, give your home to God, wife and children. That's God's plan. Listen, my two favorite verses in the Bible since I've been saved is Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy except unto God, which is your reasonable service. Remember that. It's your reasonable service. Amen? That you present your body a reasonable service unto God. And that's what God demands out of us is reasonable. It's reasonable then uh, for, do- for mother and dad to give yourself to God, number one. Number two, it's reasonable to give your home to God, your wife and your children. I've, I've wanted to do this ever since I've been saved. Everything that I got belongs to God. My wife belongs to God. My children belongs to God. My grandchildren belongs to God. My car belongs to God. My truck, my everything that I got belongs to God. He just lets me use it. Amen? He loaned it to me. He let me use it. And if I could ever get to the place that I want everybody to get to the place, be thankful. Be thankful for what you got. You know what causes more trouble in a home than anything else? You look at what somebody else has had. You look at a man's wife. You look at a man's a husband, a wife's husband. You look at their children, and you begin to compare what God has given you with somebody else, what God has given to them, and they always look better. You know why? You know what causes? They tell me. I talked to a person, and they tell me that uh, who is it? Uh, the telephone company office downtown where they work, I forgot the name of the place down there, there's more divorces in that place than any place in Tampa. And I found out why. You know why? Because a woman goes to work and, and her husband comes home, he may, may bow block laying or something, and he's dirty and sweaty, and in the home he's not perfect. He ain't dressed, got perfume and a suit on. And she's not dressed to the tea at home and walks around. Maybe she's got a little sweaty and got a little smell to her, and her lipstick's a little bit crooked. But down on the job, they're dressed to the tea. And they smell good, and they look good, and their hair is done just right. And they compare what they got at home and what they see on the job, and that's what I want. Well, I got news for you. When they come home, they're the same way. Amen? And what you got to do is not compare what everybody else has got, and you got to be thankful for what God has given you. And I believe this with all my soul, and I want you to understand this, and I'll try to quit if I can, but I want you to understand this. If you just be thankful for what God has given you. Amen? And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. What will make a, a godly home is, number one, be sure that the man of the house is born again. Number one. Number two, and make sure that the woman of the house is born again. The mother is born again. And then you can get the children saved by the grace of God. 
And then don't compare your children with other children. Thank God for the ones you got. And, and, and say some kind things to them once in a while. It's everlasting. It's everlasting. Kind things is everlasting. I read of serial killers. I was uh, murderers, uh, serial murderers. And I was reading the, the biography of some of them. And did you know that every one of them had unsaved moms and dads in their home? And every one of them that I read behind never heard a kind word spoken to them saying you was a good child. He was always talking to them about being mean and everything. And they turned out like they did. I believe this with all my soul. You got a boy in the family, teach him to be a boy. You got a young lady in this home, teach him to be a young uh, a young lady, teach her to be a young lady in the home. And talk about her beauty and her kindness to her. And then when she gets married, she'll be kind in general to her family. And it's the same way with a man. He needs to be taught that you don't have to treat the family mean. One of my old uncles, Uncle Barry, up in West Florida, and I never will forget, we'd, we'd go visit them. And Barry sat on the front porch, or lay on the front porch, drunk with moonshine. Just I've never seen the man sober. Never. He's always drunk. And he had, I, I think it was 12 children, if I remember right. I can't remember now. I've lost count of them. But I know one thing. There ain't a one of them like to see him laying out on the front porch. Not a one of them. And what I'm trying to say is, if he just behave himself and learn, number one, get saved, he wouldn't be out on that front porch. He'd be thinking about his children. And his children would love him and want to come home. And it's the same way with a godly mother. A godly mother gets saved, born again, they'll treat their children right. They won't jerk them around and slap them around. You'll be kind to them. I cannot fathom to save my life a man would throw his baby in the ocean out there right. like that man did. Right. Where in the world did that come from? It had to come from someplace. Amen? And I believe with all my soul if that man had been born again and had kindness in his heart, there's no way in the world he could have ever done that. Amen. And I read that, I read in, the, in this past week, I believe it was paper, where a woman had a baby and threw her in a trash bin. And somebody found the baby by crying. How in the world can you do that? How can you do that? I guarantee you, if she's born again and had the kindness of the Lord Jesus in her heart, she could have never done that. Maybe she couldn't have took care of it. Maybe she was too young. Maybe she didn't have the finances to take care of it. But there's other ways of doing things. And God gives a kindness in the heart. And the very important thing you can ever do to one of your children is to get them to understand don't you dare get married to an unsafe person. You make sure that they're born again. There's something that I will not do and I, it's one of the things I marked down seven things and when God called me to preach it's none of your business what the rest of them is but I'll tell you one of them one of them is I'll never marry a saved person but an unsaved person. Never. Because it won't last. It won't last. You get up in the morning and say, Honey, let's go to church. But if she's unsafe, she didn't want to go to church. Same way with the daddy. 
if he's unsaved, he don't want to go to church. So you got an argument right off the bat. Uh, unsaved person, they got some kind of religion, and you're saved, you want to go to a godly church that believes in the Lord Jesus, and you're going to have an argument in the home. It's going to be an argument. They're always arguing, fussing. I'm not going to live in that, folks. There's a way to prevent it. Get your heart right. And there's only one that can make your heart right and give you that love in your heart. I thank God, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I got something in me today that I didn't have when I was 26 years old, and that's the love of Christ in my heart. I just love people, and I love children, and, and I just want to be around people. And I never think about it. I had, I've had people that come up to me and say because of people that's done things to me in the past, say, Brother Strong, how in the world did you handle that? Well, there's something inside of me that's different. And I want to give you this before I quit. If you're not saved today, the greatest thing you can give your husband, or if you're a dad, the greatest thing you can give your wife and your children is your soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it'll change your whole life and your home. Amen? Stand with me, please.